0: Well, welcome back to our study in the book of Proverbs. Today we're in chapter three, and we're going to read 27 through 35, but our main concentration is going to be in verse 30 and 32 through 32. Um, so let's read through the entire text, and then we'll pray. Verse 27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not devise harm against your neighbor while he lives securely beside you. Do not contend with a man without cause. If he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious are an abomination to the Lord, but he is intimate with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Though he scoffs at the scoffers, yet he gives grace to the afflicted. The wise will inherit honor, but fools display dishonor. Well, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we begin these sessions looking to you, knowing that you are a very, very merciful God, a good God, a God whose right hand is is full of blessing. And Lord, the greatest blessing that we could ask from you is that you would give us understanding to know you, to know your son, give us grace to be conformed to his image, to your will. Father, we recognize that we can neither teach nor understand apart from your word, apart from your good spirit, So, Father, please help us illuminate our minds that we might understand the scriptures. Father, I pray especially for the young people, Lord, who are listening. Please, dear God, please work in their heart. Through your spirit, Lord, work in their heart. Not only that they might understand principles of wisdom, but they that they might understand the one to whom all of Scripture points, Jesus Christ, that they might know Him. Oh dear God, please. Please. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, today we're going to be looking at verse. Thirty, hopefully get down to uh, to thirty-two, but we'll see. Again, the goal here is not just to go through a lesson, but to be transformed. That our faith in Christ be stronger, that our love for Christ be stronger, that our understanding of His will be clearer, and that we have more power and more devotion. To obey that will. It says in verse 30, do not contend with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. Now, just look at the last phrase. It's, it's going back and it's iterating something. It says, do not contend with a man without cause. You, you have no cause to oppose him, to stand against him, to fight him. He's done you no wrong. He's done you no harm. Okay, so a a double emphasis on the fact that this person has done no wrong to you, has hurt you in no way. So why should you oppose him? Now, there are people like that. Um, I, I went to school with some of them. I mean, they just opposed and fought and bullied and pushed just because they could. Somehow, it gave them delight. In the scriptures, um, a bully, a thug, is someone totally outside the will of God. And the displeasure of God is on that person. Now, all of us probably know someone like that. But do we recognize when we ourselves are acting like that? Especially, you know, I'm doing this series of Proverbs uh, to young people who are still probably with, in the home under the authority of their mother and father and have brothers and sisters? Do you bully them? Do you push them around? Uh, because you're older, do you talk down to them? Do you find ways to torture them, to bother them, to make their life miserable? God sees you as this type of person. You're contending and you have no reason to. And you say, yeah, but my brother and my sister, my little brother, my little sister, they bother me so much. They're little. <laughs> They're supposed to bother you. They really are. And you're supposed to be merciful to them. Well, they just cause me trouble and you just cause your parents trouble. How do you want them to treat you? We don't treat people... As something special, simply because in some way they benefit us. We treat people as special because God made them and they belong to him. God made your brother. He made your sister. He made your mother and father. They bear in them what's called the image of God. And although that image is somewhat distorted and disshaped because of the fall, because of our sin, Nonetheless, your brother and sister do not belong to you. They belong to God. You did not make them. God did. And there is inherent worth in that. If you were playing or handling something of mine, something that was precious to me, I would hope that you would take great care, that you would not be abusive with it. How much more something that... God made and that belongs to God. You know, oftentimes we do things um, and, and we don't realize how wrong what we're doing truly is. Especially with regard to our brothers and sisters. Now, it says, do not contend with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. If you do this, the Bible sees you as a violent man in the verse that follows. Because it's closely associated. Verse 31 is talking about a violent man. And it's in close association with verse 30. So if you are given to this, if you are given to this, the Bible treats you as a violent person. As a bully. As a thug. And what you're doing is the very opposite. The very opposite of the will of God. What is the will of God? That you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Oh, but I do that, Brother Paul. I read my Bible. I go to church. I say my prayers. And the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you do not love your neighbor as yourself, you don't love God as much as you think you do. You say, well, I love my neighbor. I love the people in church. Yeah, but do you love your family? Do you love your father, your mother? Do you love your brother and sister? Are they just a bother to you? Another thing for you teenagers, I want you to realize this, or what they call adolescence. Let's say you're 12 and above, and now your younger siblings, your younger brother and sister are just a bother to you because you're so grown up. Well, fact is, If you're acting that way, you're not grown up. You're just as much a baby as you always were. You're just in a bigger body, but you're not grown up. There's nothing cool about you not taking care of your brother and sister, especially those who are younger. There's nothing sophisticated. There's nothing large. There's nothing mature about you acting like a self-centered, selfish little baby just in a bigger body. You wanna show maturity? You wanna show that you're actually growing up? Then do not contend with your brother and sister. Guide them, lead them, set an example for them, love them, do not bully them, do not be a thug just because you're now bigger and stronger. Also, when you get with your friends and you wanna be cool, there's nothing cool about you making fun of your brothers and sisters. When you get with your friends and your little brother, your little sister shows up and wants to be a part of it, there's nothing cool about you sending them away embarrassed. You're just showing, again, you're a baby in a bigger suit. You say, well, I don't like that. Well, I'm saying this to help you, to make you, although this may sound strange, to make you attractive, to make you appealing because grace, humility, service, love, those are the true signs of maturity and that you're becoming a well-developed adult. It's also quite attractive. Uh, No one was ever attracted to a bully. Now, if you are contending with others, even though there's no cause. You're doing just the opposite of what the Bible commands. And what does the Bible command? Romans 12:18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men, if possible. Now, we will talk about times when it's not possible. And there are times you have to draw a line in the sand and you have to stand your ground because there are evil men who do evil things and they must be opposed. But if possible, you need to do everything in your power to maintain peace. Now, verses 29 and 30, uh, do not devise harm against your neighbor while he lives securely beside you. And 30, do not contend with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. they can especially be applied, as we've already done, to siblings. But there's a passage in 1 John, and I want you to turn there, because it's, um, we're going to see some things that are pretty um, severe, but very important. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 12, we have the perfect example of how siblings are not to be, how you're not to treat your brother and your sister. It's the example of Cain and Abel. 1 John three eleven through 12, for this is the message which you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Um, one of the guys who discipled me for many, many years, though at a distance, he would always say this, Paul, in the Christian life, love is not something, it's everything. You will know them by their Love and what is love? Self-giving, the willingness to give of yourself for the benefit and blessing of others. And he says, for this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, ever since the beginning of time, when God spoke to men, every command somehow made its way back to the two great commands. Love the Lord, your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Your goal in life ought to be, to love, to grow in love. You grow in knowledge so that you can grow in love. Because love is the end of all the commands, whether they're the vertical commands to God or the horizontal commands to everyone else. Love is the fulfillment of all of it. Now, he says, for this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Now, here's the wrong example. Not as Cain. Wow, can you imagine that your life and your treatment of your brother would be the almost eternal example of how not to treat your brother? Would you like your life to be that way? For other people to use you as an illustration. Let's say your name is is Robbie or, or Taylor and... And some parent is saying to their child, listen, you need to love your brother and sister. Not like Robbie, don't be like him. Not like Taylor, don't be like her, don't. They're a terrible example, don't follow them. Is that how you want your life to be? Or would you like your life to be this way? Look, you need to love your brother and sister. Did you see Robbie the other day? Did you see Taylor? And how they gave of themselves in service to their brother and sister. Did you see that? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be that kind of example? Or would you rather be like Cain? You know, a few studies ago, we talked about the unfaithfulness of Judas. And how we don't want to be like that. But we don't want to be like Cain. The lovelessness of Cain. This is not as Cain in verse 12. Who was of the evil one. Man, what a, what a statement. Do you know what it's saying? He was of the devil. If we put it all together like Ephesians and other texts, John 8, Ephesians 2, he was a child of the devil. His heart was wicked, morally depraved against God, hating light, loving darkness, Hating righteousness, loving unrighteousness. You do not want to be like this. Now, how how did he show that he was really of the evil one? His lovelessness. His lack of love. And how did he demonstrate his lack of love by the way he treated his brother? How did he treat his brother? He killed him. And why did he kill him? And for what reason did he slay him? Verse 12 because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous? Do you see that? If your brother or sister do something good in the house, like clean their room or help their mom, have you ever said something like this to them? What are you trying to be a goody two-shoes? Are you trying to brown nose? Are you trying to get in favor with mom and dad? Did you make fun of them? Congratulations, you're walking down the road to being like Cain. Cain hated his brother and his hatred grew to the point that he he slew him he killed him out in a field he tricked him he premeditated drawing him out in order to take his life and you know what's amazing here the word that is used that he slew him the word is is in the greek can also mean to to slaughter or sacrifice something, like slaughter a lamb for sacrifice. It is very possible that Cain grew and grew in his hatred towards his brother and his hatred towards God. Because if you hate your brother, you hate God. Okay, just get that down. The two go together. One of the ways we demonstrate love towards God is our love towards others. But his hatred toward his brother and his hatred toward God grew so much that when God did not accept his sacrifice because it wasn't given with faith, wasn't given with a right heart, it's very possible that Cain basically said this, okay, you didn't like my sacrifice? You didn't think it was good enough? I'll give you a sacrifice. I'll sacrifice the precious one to you. I'll sacrifice the one you did favor. I'll kill Abel and offer him. That's very possible what was going on. Have you ever looked at your brother and sister and go, well, mom loves you or dad loves you because you're a goody two shoes, because you're, you're always trying to please them. You're a brown noser. Be very, very careful. If you do that quite often, go to your parents and tell them, I've done this. I need help. I'm on... A path I don't need to be on. Go to your pastor. Tell them. Say, help me. Our our heart is revealed by what we do, our treatment of God is revealed by our treatment of others, especially those closest to us. You know, I always tell people this, I go, look, <laughs> don't judge me by being, by seeing me in a pulpit. It's easy to be in a pulpit. In a pulpit, I can talk about love. I can talk about mercy. I can talk about faithfulness. I can talk about all kinds of things. That's easy. Don't judge me by when you see me in the jungle or on the mission field or something. Don't judge me that way. That's easy. It's easy to look godly in all those places. You know where it's hard to look godly, to be godly in my family with the people closest to me, behind closed doors where no one sees. Do you see? Where no one sees, God sees, doesn't he? All right, let's go on. Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were were righteous. You know, um, have you ever wondered why, like in school, when there's a kid who tries to do his homework, like he just wants to do his homework, listen to the teacher he wants to learn, that other kids make fun of him? Why? I mean, why would you make fun of somebody and tear them down because they listen to the teacher, they like to learn, they do their homework, they raise their hand, they try to answer in class? Why would you just oppose a person like that? Well, you oppose the good they're doing because of the evil in your own heart. You hate their good. Why? Because it reminds you that you're, that you're not. Now, if you're that way, again, you can change. Trust in the Lord. He can change your heart and go and, and talk to people who are wise and say, look, I, I'm i always angry and I'm always I, I don't like my brother because he's always trying to obey my parents and he's always reading his Bible and, he's didn't, and I just I can't stand him. And, and that just shows that my heart is really messed up. I need help. So it says, do not contend with a man without cause. If he has done you no harm. Don't. don't. And, and here's the thing too, okay? Listen to me, young people. You see a child who's different than you and your friends. You make fun of them? Man, I'm gonna tell you something, God hates it. God hates it. And you are never more ugly than when you do that. You see a child who um, is poor, comes to your church, maybe on some church bus or something. He's poor and, and you make fun of that? Congratulations, you win the ugly award. You make fun of someone because they're not as handsome or can't run as fast or not as pretty or her dress isn't new, all these different things. I want you to know that you really, you're really doing harm to yourself by going to church, if that's what you do when you get there. I always would tell my, my boys uh, this. If we're strong, if God made us strong, it's to, physically... It's to help those who are weak. If God made us very intelligent and gave us good minds, it's to help those whose minds don't work so well. And if God gave us resources, money, if you live in America, you are rich compared to the rest of the world. It's to help those who don't. And, and how can you... Listen to me, young person. Let, let's say that you're really strong, so you make fun of the kid who can't run or you make fun of the kid who can't lift weights or who's stumbling over themselves. Who made you strong? Who gave you that body? God. You've done nothing. You didn't do anything to earn it. God gave it to you. And He gave it to you so that you could help others. If you're really smart and you see another child that's not so smart and struggles just to make a passing grade... Why did God make you smart so that you can make fun of that? You didn't do anything to gain what you have. It's to help. It's always to help. It's always to serve every talent that we have. It's not to, to hurt people, but it's to help. We are stewards, and to whom much is given... Much is required. If you're very talented, very strong, very smart, wealthy, whatever, even good looking, that was given to you in order to use for the glory of God and for the benefit of others. Now, verse um, 31, I think we'll just stop there and we'll look at, at 31 and 32. Uh, Because they go together so well in the next study. Um, Now, if you look, you know, we've spent so much time studying like we need to study the word. We need to study the word. We need to study word. Now look what's happening. We're starting to see that the word of God navigates us. It leads us. It guides us through all these circumstances of life. And especially it guides us with regard to our vertical relationship with him and our horizontal relationship to others, and each one affects the other, doesn't it? All right, think about, some of you especially need to think about many of the things that have been said in the last two lessons. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.